Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Gio and Jones across the country on CBS Sports Radio. And joining us right now, Randy Cross. Oh, hell no! CBS Sports College Football Analyst. You can watch him on Inside College Football Tuesdays on CBS Tuesday. Sports Network with Brian Jones and Rick Neuheisel and Aaron Taylor and Adam Zucker and everybody and 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 everybody yes everybody, everybody. on that yeah my follow yeah what's up Randy good morning good morning good morning another one of those boring weekends in football wasn't it we, we, we threw <laughs> we threw a little playoff baseball in there just to keep your interest up yeah man how about that great sports weekend for for some how'd you do in your picks uh, I think. Let's see. I hit. What would I? What would I? To be nice, I'd say sixty-six point six six three. I was. Uh, I was six out of uh, six out of nine. So six and three. Oh, look at you! I think you may have won. I don't know what the other guys uh, did. I know I lost my behind, if I can remember correctly. Let's start with Clemson, though. That that's the big upset. No, let's start. Let's start with Texas. I no, 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 no. We'll yeah, get there. Definitely we'll Texas. get there. <laughs> They've gone back to playing no defense, man. Uh, But Clemson, and I want to start from this vantage point. Kelly Bryant, he wasn't right. Wasn't even close to being right. Should he have played in the ball game? Um, Yeah, I I, I think yes, absolutely, in that environment, on the road, and all those things. But you have to build certain things into the – certain things into your game plan if you're Dabo and company to take care of your guy. Um. I was very surprised, and it's something that in retrospect, I'm sure Gabo got a letter Sunday about it or, or Saturday. Um, I was very surprised that, you know, the, the act of throwing a guy down like that, you know, bouncing his head off the ground, um, wasn't something that, you know, drew a flag or at least comment, to be honest with you. <laughs> no one even made any mention of it. I know it was the first thing that struck me watching it. Is, Ooh, that can't be good. <laughs> Randy, is, is Clemson still the best chance for a one-loss team to win the national championship? Do you still believe in them to be able to get the whole thing done? Well, they, they are now, <laughs> after what happened to them Friday night. Um, yeah, the odds are, if you, you know, if you pay attention to, to college football over the last decade or so, um, I'd say you're not going to have absolutely two undefeated teams, much less one at the end of this thing. And if you look at all the schedules of the top teams in the country right now, there's, a, there's at least a game or two where it's going to be a coin toss for them. You know, if Alabama gets through and doesn't lose a game, they're as good as people say they are. Um, but I think Clemson's got the wherewithal. Just remember where they're losing. I mean, they're losing at the midway point. And I know, you know, it's losing to Syracuse. It is at Syracuse, which is traditionally not an easy place to lose. But we've seen teams throw some losses up. Um, But we'll see when the thing is done. 
I hate I hate this extrapolating compare losses midway through the season when it really doesn't matter. Let's talk about LSU, a huge win for them versus Auburn. I think all of us across the board thought Auburn could win that ball game, although historically they've had trouble there in Death Valley. Uh, that defense for Dave Aranda lights out there in the second half, shutting down the running game. But what stuck out in my mind was the fact that Jared Stenham, every pass he attempted, it seemed like it was always down the field, no intermediate throws. What was your takeaway from that matchup? Um, I, I'm kind of with you, I guess. I was I was stern at how poorly the staff for Auburn really adjusted. And contrary to popular opinion, you do have to adjust even when you're doing well. And they had that big lead. They made zero adjustments once things started sliding. And and that's something that really kind of caught my attention. We all know, BJ, about the talent physically that LSU has on defense. But, you know, this game and this win, especially doing it the way they did, being down – as far as they were, that was all about, to me, two things. Uh, LSU's season was over if they lost, as was the tenure of their head coach. And everybody involved knew it. I'm not talking about on the sideline. I'm talking about in that building, in that state. It was it was a given, and they performed that way. Gio and Jones and Randy Cross across the country on CBS Sports Radio. How in the he- how in the heck, excuse me, did Arizona's eight state's defense play that well against Washington when we haven't seen that from them in a long time? It's sort of the nature of college football these days. You you, you get performances out of it. How in the heck did did Cal limit Mike Leach's offense to three points? Um, you know, how in the heck does Arizona? do what they did to the Bruins. I just, it's, it's a very, very, I think, inconsistent from a performance standpoint weekend. And it's just like Rick Neuheisel on Thursday night, he led off that inside college football show, BJ, we did basically saying, Hey, this is going to be a bad week in the top 10. You watch the number of losses and the number of bad performances. And, you know, suddenly you had teams like Clemson, like Washington, like Washington State, just look not even average. They, they look like the team that was 1-4 or 1-5 coming into that game. Did, did he have a, a rationale for why just at the middle of the season? Maybe you are reading your press clippings, but a lot of these teams have been uh, up front uh, for many years, so they should be able to guard against that, right? You would think so. You would think so, but I think it's also, uh, you know, it's the joy of having a stupidly um, large salary tied to the basically the, the moods and biorhythms of 18 to 21 year old kids. You're talking about you Rick's know. salary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He and Adam together. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm glad no, you put I them mean, together. <laughs> imagine being in Rick's, world, Rick's former world now, but being mm-hmm. that head coach or being those coaches. And it's really your future depends on how focused these young minds are. And, man, you see right now that we had at least half a dozen examples that, you know, at the worst possible moments, you know, some guy just, bird, 
they, they, they went they went sideways. I point that out every weekend. We're sitting there and I'm watching these dumb maneuvers by certain players and screaming at the television. We say it all the time. Dumb loses more than smart wins. Now, speaking of these coaches and these high-priced salaries, uh, you mentioned UCLA, your alma mater, Rick's alma mater, half of my mater. Uh, uh, Jim Moore there loses to, to Rich Ride in Arizona, Tennessee, Bush Jones, and he, he you know loses again. Now he's got to roll into Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama. Is this thing over there in Knoxville and, and maybe also in Westwood? Well, it depends on the taste that Guerrero and company in in L.A. have for, you know, what condiment they want to put on that $12, $15 million or however much they'd have to eat if they made a move like that. And don't think that doesn't go into the equation. Mm-hmm. Um, but Butch Jones, yeah, probably. You know, we, we talked about this constantly the last few weeks, B.J., what, what people don't bring up enough it, oh, kind of, it's the it's the it's the poor Butch Jones kind of movement. This guy, this is his fifth year at Tennessee, and fifth years, you're well into turnaround. You're well into here's how things are. You know, those first two or three years, you're winning with somebody else's people. But right now, these are your people. This is your program. And the bottom line is, the last four years in the SEC East. You watched Missouri win two and Florida win two. Not like Georgia has. Not like this has been these teams that, you know, just been been monsters. It's been for the taking, and he hasn't had the wherewithal to do it then, and he definitely doesn't have it now. Brian and I were talking about Notre Dame earlier, and we thought that with their schedule left that they run the table, it's going to be hard to keep them out of the college football playoff. Are you a Notre Dame believer right now? Um, we'll see. So I guess no. Um, I, I don't seed things well. I don't just say, oh, because they're Notre Dame, they got to be good. Um, and I think that's a crock, and I think they get too much of a benefit of the doubt. You know, contrary to our, our partner on the show, Aaron, Aaron Taylor's thoughts, um, I just don't think by birth Notre Dame is good. Um, if they beat the people on their schedule with the, the lion's share of support that they get from – Inside and outside of the game, oh, there's no way they they're, they're not a a top four team in that playoff. But I think they're going to have to earn it, and that's going to be the hard part for them. And that'll be cool. They need to earn it. All of them do. Oh, uh, you earned a, a hard fought victory versus my Longhorns. I have been surprised, and I said this earlier. You can't spot your arch rival twenty points, and and although you do come back and take the lead. You, you go ahead and leave wide receivers wide open once again. And this defense I, for Texas, I think they've taken a step back. And I see the biggest missing piece is a – and maybe not an Ed Oliver because those are hard to come by, but someone yeah. close, maybe a tick below him because they need a defensive lineman that can get out to the quarterback. They need a defense that can get out to the quarterback without having to bring the blitz. Well, you you mean guys like Oliver that it used to be a given went to Texas? Yes, true. Instead of other schools in the state? Yeah, yeah I, I think you're 100% right, BJ. Um, that's really that, that big defensive play, that, that tip pass by a linebacker that the guy ends up catching it himself or it goes to a safety, that strip ball that in the past was there. And that, those are the kind of plays that the, those defenses made. And Oklahoma made them. And I guess we got to give credit to, you know, their quarterback, who I thought had about as good a game in a pressure situation as anybody out there. 
because, you know, he really did step up there at the end of the game. And how you have somebody, you can talk about all the tackling you want, but isn't it a fairly basic thing if they split a tight end that you should cover them? <laughs> Dude, I said it earlier. He's the biggest <laughs> one out there. How do you miss him? Big number yeah, 81. Hey, yeah, what's wrong with this picture? That's a big dude split out. I'm sure he's going to run a route of some sort. Yeah, well, at least your team's not built like my UCLA Bruins are, that if, if one guy has a bad game, you're totally screwed. <laughs> Josh, Josh, Rosen, Josh Rosen had a bad game, so that meant UCLA had no chance. Gio. That's not building a program well, by the way. No. Geo and Jones <laughs> with Randy Cross. Uh, how good is Georgia in your mind? We know they're really good, but are they, like, national championship good? Um. Well, they're, there's not, they're not quite as good as the guys that were slobbering all over them Saturday night on TV. <laughs> we're telling you, man. Because <laughs> um, they're still Georgia until further notice, until they can actually um, pay attention for an entire season. They still have that potential to do what we saw teams do last weekend. Um, so I, I, that running game is incredible. That offensive line, Pittman's done an amazing job with that offense specifically that offensive line. They've got a very, very deep, stable, obviously, of running backs. That young quarterback does not make mistakes from, doesn't really do anything that makes you stand up and go, oh, he's not an evangelist. Let's put it that way. He cannot make 70,000 stand up in that stadium and yell, Jesus. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that's going to be a football team that's going to ride and die with two things. One is going to be the play action, and two is going to be that defense's ability inside to stop the run. Because if they can do that, that just plays into everything that's their strength on the outside and pass rush and everything. I've, I've said that uh, Mel Tucker's defense is Bama East. Of course, he came from Bama along with uh, their head coach, Kirby Smart. Uh, mm-hmm. You think they can carry them, and they can the, – the big one coming up you know, versus Florida, they can uh, get that victory and, and, and not stub their toe? Well, these are the spots in the past we've seen the Bulldogs just completely lose their lunch at the 50-yard line. So, you know, barring fielding or storming the field to celebrate their first score or doing something else kind of dumb, you know, I, I think there you go into this game, you should think Georgia wins by probably 10 to 14 points against Florida. Then you have to ratchet back from there and say, well, it's a, it's a – it's a it's a game that you know it's a rivalry, all those other things, but it'll go down to the short strokes at the very very end, and I think it's going to be a game. If you see them come out with a win, this could carry them the rest of the way to that SEC championship game. All right, one last question for you. We'll let you go. What the hell happened to the Falcons yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Matt Ryan did what he didn't do last year. And that's throw it to the other guys. Two games in a row where they haven't been able to finish off things, and that's been a real strength the last couple of years. Where if you give them the ball with a minute and a half to go, you pretty much are guaranteed you're going to lose the game. If they're within a you know five, six points, four points, they are going to score that touchdown. And now they haven't done it a couple times in a row, and they've lost some leads. And I don't care what anybody says, you're going to have instant analogies to the Super Bowl, instant analogies to the Super Bowl in your program that, hey, is there a problem with you guys that you can't handle success? As of right now, the answer is a resounding yes. Who's the best team in the NFC? 
the Eagles just by default at five and one? Yeah, yeah, well, probably. Judging by the way they looked the other night, too. Yeah, I mean they looked pretty strong. They really did. Um, I, I hate to say it, BJ won't agree with me. I don't think, but you know the Cowboys are a team that is still really, really dangerous. You know, with or without Zeke, but they'll, they'll probably find a way in the course to make sure they have him for the whole season. And that makes Dallas a team that, you know, even Philadelphia, I think, is doesn't have enough to beat in a big situation. No, I think they'll still play a factor. I think the Cowboys will still be in the mix. I just don't think they're as uh, daunting a challenge as they were a season ago, and that's because of more of the issues on the defensive side of the ball, and I just mm-hmm. can't stand Terrence Williams on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, lastly, I guess, maybe, maybe not, Green Bay. Uh, I don't know during your great career with the 49ers you ever had to deal with Montana or Young or someone going out, you know, leader on that offense and, mm-hmm. and having to pick the pieces up from that, but – how does yeah. Green Bay navigate from here on out? Oh, I don't know. How about Joe Montana blowing a disc out in his back in week three? Well, there you go. That, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a little rough. Yeah. That, that 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 gave one pause. Mm-hmm. That meant Jeff Kemp was your quarterback. That was either week two or week three. Um, so yeah, that's it's it's a big deal. It's incumbent. You know, all, all that thing. I'm a hundred percent is the top of the scale guy. BJ, you know that. Yep. So I don't buy all this instant garbage. Oh, everyone else has to just give a little bit more. Everybody has to pick up. That's that's no. I don't think so. <laughs> You've got to change your game plan. You got to change your roles. You have to adjust as a staff because you can't give more than a hundred percent. Your line can't suddenly say, "Oh, now I'm going to really try," or your backs are going to start running hard, or your receivers and they'll try to catch. Green Bay's in a, in a tough spot. Hundley, with those three picks yesterday, didn't buy himself any slack. And I think, you know, especially with the uh, lawsuit being filed for collusion uh, by Kaepernick and his people, um, I think it's going to put an incredible amount of strain on the NFL as to who exactly the keys are handed to and why that decision is made, being made because – now you're going to have a chance for the media and everybody else to kind of micromanage in the league's business again. When you were talking about Montana, I had a flashback to early on in my radio career. It was probably about 11 years ago. I was running the board for a, a serious NFL radio show, and you were on remote. And you were telling some story about how someone sent you a picture of you in Montana hugging after the Super Bowl and how cool that was. But you said, you know, someone sent me a picture of me and Joe hugging after the Super Bowl. It's a really good picture producer goes joe montana and randy said no joey boom bots you idiot who the hell do you think i'm talking about (laughs) just a normal joe i'm hugging after the super bowl right i never i never forgot that that response does sort of sound like me (laughs) yes it does randy i appreciate the time as always man we'll talk to you soon (sighs) spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.